Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to Stingray Groups, Inc.'s fourth quarter 2021 and fiscal 2021 results call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. Before turning the meeting over to management, I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, June 3rd, 2021. I will now turn the conference over to Matthew Pelloquin, Senior Vice President, Marketing and Communications. Please go ahead. Merci beaucoup. Good morning, everyone. Bon matin. Thank you for joining us for Stingray's conference call for the fourth quarter results ending March 31st, 2021. Today, Eric Boyko, President, CEO, and co-founder, and Jean-Pierre Tran, CFO, will be presenting Stingray's financial and operational highlights. Our press release reporting Stingray's fourth quarter and annual results for fiscal 2021 was issued yesterday after the market closed. Our press release, MDNA, and financial statements for the quarter are available on our investor website at stingray.com and also on Setter. I will now give you the customary caution that today's discussion of the corporation's performance and its future prospects may include forward-looking statements. The corporation's future operation and performance are subject to risk and uncertainties and actual results may differ materially. These risks and uncertainties include, but are not limited to, the risk factors identified in Stingray's annual information form dated June 2, 2021, which is available on SEDR. The corporation specifically disclaims any intention or obligation to update these forward-looking statements, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise, except as may be required by applicable law. Accordingly, you are advised not to place undue reliance on such forward-looking statements. Also, please be reminded that some of the financial measures discussed over the course of this conference call are non-IFRS. Please refer to Stingray's MDNA for a complete definition and reconciliation of such measures, measures to IFRS financial measures. Finally, let me remind you that all amounts of, on this call are expressed in Canadian dollars unless otherwise indicated. With that, let me turn the call over to Monsieur Eric. Okay, merci, Monsieur. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our fourth quarter and year-end results conference call. I think we're all breathing a sight of relief now that we can see a light at the end of the tunnel regarding the pandemic. Still, despite the multiple effects of COVID, I'm pleased to say that fiscal 2021 has been a very good year for us. We delivered solid results that, ex- that exceeded our expectations reduced our net debt by close to $35 million, maintained dividend payments, and repurchased $10 million in shares. We also invested in Stingray business in the U.S., laying the foundation for future growth, and continued to build on solid traction in streaming subscriptions 
and SaaS channels as we further or pivot into digital distribution channels. Organic growth uh, for the year reached 3.5% for broadcast and commercial music, recurring revenues before exchange rate and one-time COVID effects. U.S. revenues, which will be our biggest market, grew by 11.6%. For the quarter, for the quarter organic growth was at 4.3% for broadcast and commercial, and U.S. revenues grew by 13.3%, so we can see the curve accelerating. These are very important accomplishments, especially now, and I congratulate our teams for their excellent work. Fourth quarter adjusted EBITDA decreased to $23.6 million, primarily due to higher accrued liabilities related to the business, better overall performance in fiscal 21. Adjusted EBITDA for the year declined only 3.2% to $114.3 million. Our, our comprehensive cost-cutting measures had a lot to do with this. I'd like to point out that many of these initiatives will continue to help us in the upcoming year. By acting swiftly and aggressively last year, we were able to quickly create the financial flexibility which allowed us to continue delivering on our key capital allocation priorities. This year, despite lower revenues, both the broadcast and commercial music and radio segments reported significant improve in adjusted EBITDA margin with the benefits of much reduced operational cost structure. Q4, broadcast and commercial music decreased by 5.5% to $36 million due to combination of factors not, not for the least was the pandemic, which we hope is almost finished, but also included lower equipment installation sales, as well as negative impact on the effects, all of which were partially offset by rapid growth in advertising revenues. Adjusted EBITDA decreased by 14% to $16.3 million, due primarily to adjustments to certain accrued liabilities, which were probably offset by operating costs. Let's, if we go to radio now, radio revenues for the quarter were down 19%, 19.9, or almost 20% to $24 million, but continued to progressively recover on a comparable basis. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 9.8% to $8.7 million. This was also due primarily to the impact of the pandemic and adjustments to accrued liabilities. We were able to partially offset this with disuse and other subsidies, although much lower than previous quarters, as well as reduce operating costs. On the uh, subs, we ended the year with 525,000 streaming subscribers. For the fiscal 2022, we expect strong incremental organic gains and confident that we will reach our objective of 1 million subscribers in the next two to three years, and the trends are looking very good. A result of a strong traction in fast channels over the past year, advertising revenues almost tripled from 500,000 to 1.5 million, and that was one of our KPIs we told the market uh, that we wanted to achieve, so very excited about that also. As you know, we, are in we, we put in place an experienced U.S. sales team at Stingray Business and we can clearly see the momentum build, building up. In fact, we're very excited, excited since we expect Stinger Business to become a key growth vector for the, company, for the company for the foreseeable future. We are completing our rollouts at Boston Market, Fat Burger, Johnny Rockets, and Elevation Burger locations. Orange, Orange Terry Fitness Live is fully deployed. We are also happy to report that we have further rollouts with Tesla Worldwide, Subway, APAC, and European Wax, and are inactive with pallets in more than five other global brands.
we also we also we have made also great progress with our AI insight driven solution chatter with rollouts in Nike stores global, Kushtal, Circle K, BMO, Pink.com, Pink Store, and also with our friends at Rogers. We've also continued our progress with Lush, Mall of America, Staples, and Fanatics. In total, with Chatter, we are approaching, uh, if all these pilots are successful, we're approaching 8,000 locations in the U.S. with three, with three in the Fortune 500, which just these pilots would give us $10 million a year in revenues. We move in, into fiscal 2022 with leaner and more agile operations, significant growth opportunities, and a solid financial position to continue our pivot. With better days ahead, we are fully prepared to take advantage of the expected recovery in radio, which will continue to provide financial flexibility to invest in all our growing segments. And before the, our friends, our analysts ask a few questions, uh, for the first two months of the year, radio is growing compared to last year by about 90%. We're now moving to a more offensive stance. What this, is, what this means is that our capital allocation strategy will shift towards acquisition and the repurchasing of shares. With significant total adjustable markets on our radar, we see many opportunities to enhance shareholder value. I will now turn things over to our, my friend Javier for the financial overview, and I'll finish with the final comments. Javier? Thank you, Eric. Good morning, everyone. Uh, for the fourth quarter, our revenues decreased 11.8% year over year to 60.3 million, compared to 68.4 million. As in previous quarters, the decrease was primarily due to the impact of COVID-19 on our radio business and, to a lesser extent, on our broadcast and commercial music segments. Sales of equipment installation related to digital signage also decreased. Revenues were also negatively impacted by effects, and the decline was partially offset by the increase of in advertising revenues in the broadcast and commercial music segment. By geography, revenues in Canada decreased 18.2% year over year, 35.6 million, representing 59.1% of total revenues, down from 63.6% last year. The decrease in revenues reflect the same factors I just described for global revenues, excluding the impact of the effects. The U.S. now revenues rose to 6.9% to 10.9 million, or 18.1% of total revenues, due to organic growth in advertising revenues in the broadcast and commercial music segment and in streaming subscriptions. Partially offset by the negative impact of effects, organic growth in the U.S. was 13.3%. Lastly, revenues in other countries decreased 6% to 13.8 million, or 22.8% of total revenues, due mainly to the impact of COVID-19. Looking at our performance by business segment in the fourth quarter, broadcasting and commercial music revenues decreased 5.5% year-over-year to 36.3 million. The decrease was mainly due to the impact of COVID-19 and a decrease in equipment and installation sales related to digital signage as well as the negative impact of the fix. The decline was partially offset by the increase in advertising revenues. Radio revenues decreased 19.9% to 24 million, mainly due to the impact of COVID-19. Revenues in this segment has improved since the more than 60% decline in the first quarter. 
Regarding consolidated operating expenses for the fourth quarter, it's remained stable to 38.9 million. The upward adjustment and reversal of certain accrued liabilities in Q4 2020 had a negative impact on our year-over-year operating expenses. These, decre- these increases were offset by reduced operating costs by the SUS and other subsidies in order of 4 million, and by reduced variable expenses due to the impact of the pandemic on revenues. Consolidated adjusted EBITDA for the fourth quarter decreased to 16.2% to 23.6 million, or a margin of 39.2%, compared to 28.2 million, or a margin of 41.2% a year ago. The decline in the adjusted EBITDA reflects mainly higher accrual liabilities, as previously mentioned, in, and the impact of COVID-19 on revenues, which were partially offset by reduced spreading costs and by disuse and other subsidies. By business segment, broadcasting and commercial music adjusted EBITDA decreased 14.1% to 16.2 million. The decline was primarily due to adjustments of certain accrued liabilities in the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020 and 2021, as explained earlier. Partially offset by reduced operating costs, the adjusted EBITDA margin was 44.8% this quarter, compared to 49.3% in the fourth quarter of last year. As for the radio segment, adjusted EBITDA decreased by 9.8% to 8.7 million. The adjusted EBITDA margin increased to 36% this quarter from 31.9% in the fourth quarter of last year. In terms of bottom line, in the, corpor- the corporation recorded a net income of 12.1 million or 17 cents per share, compared to a net loss of 8.5 million or 11 cents per share in the fourth quarter of last year. The fourth quarter of fiscal 2021 adjusted net income was 12 million or 16 cents per share, compared to 10.1 million or 13 cents per share a year ago. The increase was mainly related to FX gain, partially offset by lower operating results and higher income taxes. Turning now uh, to liquidity and capital resources, cash flow generated from the operating activities amounted to 24.5 million in the fourth quarter compared to 14.1 million a year earlier. The increase was mainly due to the positive change in non-cash operating items and to the effect gain partially offset by lower operating results. In the fourth quarter, adjusted free cash flow amounted to 13.8 million compared to 18 million a year ago. The decrease was mainly related to lower operating results and a higher interest paid partially offset by lower income tax paid. Lastly, turning to our balance sheet, at the end of the quarter, the corporation had a cash and cash equivalent totaling $9 million, sub-debt of $31.7 million, and a credit facilities of $416.3 million, of which $110.8 million was available. Total net debt at the end of the quarter stood at $326.4 million, or 2.81 profile margins to the BDL ratio. We believe we have the right balance sheet and growth opportunities in front of us to continue our, to build our buy and buy strategy. This ends my presentation for today. I will now turn the call back to you. Okay, merci, JP. Uh, this concludes our prepared remarks. Thank you for your time and attention. At this point, Jean-Pierre and I will be pleased to answer any questions you have. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, you can press star, then one on your telephone keypad. 
Again, that's star one to ask a question. Your first question today comes from the line of Adam Shine with National Bank Financial. Please proceed with your question. Thanks a lot, and good morning. Uh, Eric, um, it, let's start with SBOD. Uh, a little bit of a slowdown in the Q4 just compared to uh, some of the better tracking in prior quarters. Maybe just touch on that first and then, you know, emphasize maybe some of the key drivers that drive, that drive some of your enthusiasm around uh, the projected ramp over the next two or three years in SBOD subs. Yeah, SBOD, so good growth in subscribers. Uh, for sure, what we're seeing now is a much higher growth in the B2B side. So when we sell with Comcast and Amazon and all these partners, then we see on the B2C side. Last year, uh, the pandemic did help us on the, um, on the uh, SVOD B2C. Uh, a lot of people were at home uh, in March in those period, so there was a lot of traffic on, on the Apple site. Uh, but again, we see the momentum is going forward. We're very comfortable to hit our target of a million subscribers. We expect our RPU to be around $8, so, um, and the momentum is going on in Q1. So it's, uh, I, I think that uh, we can be very confident that that segment will continue to grow at, at high organic sales. If we flip over to Stingray Business, um, can you just touch a little bit, maybe you or JP, in regards to just any elevation, obviously, on customer credits in Canada uh, during the period and whether we're, all, we're starting to see a bit of an easing of that dynamic uh, starting new fiscal? Yeah, so, you know, for sure. You know, we, we thought, we were hoping that January, March, and uh, January, February, March was the end of it. But we still had, you saw this quarter, 1.6 million of credits. Um, there's a, still a few left in April, May, June, but I think it's almost finished. A big place where we got hit a lot was a lot of stores were closed in Europe. Uh, and we have a lot of more restaurant business in Europe, so those were all closed. But I think we're 95% finished. So I think that this is the end of the credits for April, May, June, or very little. And hopefully for us, a big market for us that, that's hurting us a lot uh, for these credits is Ontario. So hopefully uh, Ontario gets out of the red zone. Because when the store is closed, very difficult for us to tell the store, even if you have a contract, that you're going to pay me for music when your store is closed. So it's, it's a bit, um, and, it, you know, and we want to keep these customers long term. So we have, we have to show that we're flexible with them. And just lastly, maybe just turning to the U.S., uh, and I'll queue up again later, just in, in, in terms of, you know, some of the reopening that we're clearly seeing at a faster clip uh, happening south of the border, um, have you reached a point where maybe COVID is less of an issue, at least in regards to the execution of your existing mandates in regards to uh, U.S. stingray business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the U.S. right now is probably, for stingray business, 95% of our focus um, all these global brands that we speak to all have 10, 15, 20,000 location. Uh, every, every client is 10 times bigger than a Canadian customer. We do 50 million in Canada. There's no doubt in our mind for management that in the long term we'll be doing 500 million in the U.S. Um, and we're unique, as you saw with all the customers we pointed out before, uh, you know, Nike, Staples, Lush, and Tesla, and Subway, these are all major brands. And pink, uh, the, and I mean, it's were, it's it's very interesting for us for the first time to work with global brands, and also we're the only company able to offer music, digital uh, signage, and AI insight with Chatter. So we come with with a unique formula, and we really make sure that we bundle all three products, 
Uh, so we have a big hedge. And also launching of chatter. And when we launch music, you got to install a box. So it's, it takes more time. But launching chatter could be done overnight. It's a SaaS product. So uh, very good, very interesting, lots of work. And, you know, f for you as an analyst, I would be seeing a U.S. growth on both uh, Stingray streaming and Stingray business. Okay, good. I'll queue up again. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. So our next question comes from the line of Matthew Lee with Canaccord. Please proceed with your question. Hi, morning, Jess. Um, so just as a follow-up to your comment on the offensive stance, you know, what type of leverage are you comfortable with in order to get a transaction done in, in 2022? Yeah, good question. No, uh, and it goes to our capital allocation. Um, but right now we're focusing at closing post-synergy to be around the three, four times EBITDA. And we have, we have a very strong pipeline. We have right now uh, more than five due diligence in progress. Uh, so, it, you know, when you do the due diligence part, it's, you know, you have a non-binding LOI and you're ready to uh, move to the SPA. So a lot of tuck-ins, a lot of great, uh, great tuck-ins. Some of them are a bit bigger, but um, very excited to be coming out with a lot of acquisitions in uh, this year. And if you look at capital allocation quickly, uh, you know, we, we did 80 million last year. Keep the 80 million number of free cash flow. 20 million goes to dividends. Uh, then after that, we got about, we expect we'll keep on buying another 2 million shares a year if the share price stays low. So that's, that's 15 million. We're gonna, our goal would be to repay about 25 million of debt to bring our debt closer to 300 million uh, with an EBITDA 120, so close to 2.5. Uh, so we have about 50, 20, 20, 25 million available to do acquisitions that we want to deploy this year. So, um, uh, and if you, you do the numbers at three times, we'd like those to generate about 8 million, 8 million to, uh, of EBITDA, of new EBITDA. So that's a bit of our capital allocation targets for the year. But we're very excited. Right. Lots of good, lots of good deals. I mean, would you look at something maybe a little bit bigger, extend the balance sheet a little further? Yeah, absolutely. There's, as you know, there's, always, uh, there's also some bigger deals. Uh, a lot of our competitors, uh, and you can, you can search on it, a lot of our competitors are owned by private equity. Uh, as you know, a PE, when they get into the seven, eight year, the sunset comes in. So a lot of activity of, uh, of our peers sell, that need to sell out. So... Um, uh, that one is, uh, so those will be bigger deals. Um, and I think, you know, we did look into uh, Mood. Uh, one, of our, one of the private equity fund vector w was able to buy Mood. Uh, but for sure, if there's a big deal that's very accreditive, we'll extend the balance sheet. That's perfect. And then maybe on the free cash flow side, you know, another strong year of cash generation. Uh, can you kind of give me your preliminary estimate as to what range you expect to deliver in 2022? Yeah, you know, you saw that even during the pandemic, we were able to maintain a dollar per share. We're very confident that we'll beat the dollar per share of free cash flow. Uh, so, uh, again, very strong free cash flow yield. Uh, right now, we're delivering a dollar. We did a dollar one, I think, out of a stock price at seven. So that's what, 16% uh, or 15% free cash flow. So for sure, free cash flow yield is very high. We manage on feel it should be at 8%. We should be trading at 12 times cash flow, so 12 times a dollar is $12. Uh, and again, uh, we're looking at all options in the future if we can get that evaluation, which I think right now we deserve. All right, thanks. That's, an, that's it for me, guys. Thanks. 
Thanks. Thanks, Les. Your next question comes from the line of Drew McReynolds with RBC Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, good morning. Um, my apologies. I, I missed, I think, Eric, your just comment on radio and maybe the trajectory here in Q2 and just how you see that playing out for the rest of the year. Yeah, good. Radio for us, we see a great recovery. Uh, April and May, or April and May seems to be 90% higher than last year, but we're still below uh, March 2020. So um, for us, the, 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 big, the big number for us is Ontario. As you know, we're very strong in Ottawa. We're very strong in Toronto. Ontario is an important uh, market. So hopefully uh, Ontario gets back and you get the vaccinations and opens up. Uh, but right now we're seeing an increase of 90%, but still lower than 2020 by 20%. So uh, it, you know, very excited to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel in the next few weeks and see uh, the impact on radio. So uh, for us, if radio be, comes back to the 2020 levels uh, or two years ago, um, or, um, then we would be, um, you know, we would come back to generating about 60 million of EBITDA because of our cost savings. So uh, that, that's going to be an interesting uh, point in the next few months to see the trends. Super. Thanks for that. And um, just shifting gears completely on the, on the fast channels, uh, clearly you continue to kind of make uh, lots of penetration gains on platforms worldwide. Just uh, is, is there any update uh, just on some of the dynamics you're seeing with, you know, your channels on all these platforms, um, just kind of looking underneath the hood, anything to kind of flag there? And the good news is we're getting uh, 20 cents of revenues per hour, roughly, uh, uh, with our channels. Uh, we're doing about 2.2 million hours a month right now. So we're you know, generating about four, uh, that's U.S. dollars, so 400,000 a month. It's still a small number, but I think that the fast channels will double for sure th- just this year. I think by you know by we'll finish the year at 4 million hours, which will generate 800,000 a month. So it's becoming an important segment. Uh, or more, or more. It's, it's new. Everything is new on, the, on this part. Uh, we're launching with a lot more platforms. We're trying to launch more products. The home run for Stingray is we've launched audio channels with our friends at LG and a few of our partners. The home run is to launch the 40 audio channels of Stingray as a fast channel worldwide uh, because the listenership of the audio channels that we see in Canada and on the cable market is very strong. Uh, and if you replace that, in the U.S. and the world, it would be a very significant number. So we still believe that the fast segment will be a $100 million business, so generating $8 million a month. Okay, super. That's uh, a lot of good granularity there. Um, lastly, for me, uh, just in terms of the fiscal 2022 outlook, thanks for uh, just that, that free cash flow, um, I guess, guidance or outlook. Uh, just an update here on, on CapEx and, and cash taxes, uh, just for modeling purposes. Yeah, you know, uh, ta- this year taxes were, looking at my sheet taxes here, were looking at my sheet number two. Three. Yeah, three point, that, this year we only paid 3.3 million of taxes. So um, I think ne- we, next year, 5 million to 8 million of taxes. And our CapEx should stay the same than this year. And our CapEx this year, all in the GP, they were at... Uh, million both radio and broadcast plus plus the R&D capex of six so this year 13 million of capex so 13 of capex uh, five to eight million of of income tax the good news is our interest rates are really falling down Uh, our interest last year paid was close to um, 16.5 million 
And this, this year we expect to be below 12 million, and with, with, and with some bit of a luck, we might even closer to 10 million of interest. Our, our net interest rate can go down almost to below 3%. So, um, so I think that will also help our capital structure, because when you're paying 3% interest rates, um, you know, you're, uh, and after tax you deduct it, you're you're good position to allocate the money. Okay, that's uh, that's super. Thank you very much. Thanks. And again, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Kent Stacy with BMO. Please proceed with your question. Hi. Can I confirm a couple words, Eric? On um, on the SLOD growth, uh, you're at 525 now. I just want to make sure we're talking like like you expect to be around a million in two or three years. Is that right? Yeah, and and this is Tim, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cause she had a different name on the screen. It says Cat Stacy. Cat Like, yeah. okay, maybe it's a new. Sorry about that, you. Because then I could recognize your voice. Like, okay. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. It's my Instagram burner account. No, no, I know. I was like, okay, uh, there's new guys calling us. I was a bit... Uh... Okay, sorry, Tim, go ahead. Please ask your question. Um, I just want to level set a couple of things. So the, the S5 count is 525 right now. That is the number that you're projecting will go to a million in two or three years at $8 RP. Yeah, we still maintain that we know we'll be able to increase our, our B2C strategy. The RPU is all B2C, we get about $15 RPU. B2B, we get $5 because one is accounted in net, one is accounted in gross. So that, that's the whole difference of a product mix. I think we're going to have more B2C uh, products coming out, and we have also some nice little tuck-ins in that market. So that's why we feel confident that our RPU will go back to $8. But I guess, just on the subcount, I mean, you, you're implying that you're going to accelerate the subad annually quite dramatically from what you've done in the last year in a pandemic. It, just walk us through how okay, you're going to get just, there. For example, Amazon went from 50,000 subscribers to 100,000 subscribers for us in one, last year. And this year, we expect Amazon to go from 100,000 to 200,000 subscribers. So that, that's the growth we're seeing because all of our platforms are growing uh, faster. So just Amazon we see as 100,000 net subscribers, but those are more around the $5 mark. So that's where we feel very confident to hit the million subscribers. What else is going to take you there? Because Amazon isn't going to get you there. What are the other drivers you see? Oh, it's, it's Amazon. It's Comcast. We're doing a lot of SBODs in LATAM. LATAM is opening up the SBOD market. We're doing SBODs in Asia, uh, more in Europe. Uh, and for sure, Amazon by itself, it's, you know, we're going we're gonna to be launching Amazon Mexico, Brazil, and Canada. You know that our, our friends at the, our friends, sorry, at the Chorus, they created the Stack product, which is a bundle product, which we're also looking to test. And I think the stack numbers are public, but they have, just in Canada, Stack with Chorus has 400,000 subscribers, I think. Uh, don't quote me on this, but that's where some feedback I got. So I think that, you know, our growth with Amazon could be even stronger. Uh, and we're also launching in many more countries, many more products. So, um, you know, we have four good products. Uh, we have Quello, Karaoke, Jazz, and Classica. 
Uh, so uh, it's, and they work. They, they work. Some work better than others, but uh, we have a good lineup. Okay. Um, to clarify, is uh, a fast channel. It's, you're running it. I think now you it's a, it's a four hundred million dollar a month business. You hope to get to eight hundred thousand dollars a month. And then you're telling us it's going to be a hundred million dollar annual business. I mean, that is a massive, massive. That's a twenty times acceleration from where you are now. Like, how, what? What's the growth driver there? The growth there is uh, all of our TVs at home are going to have the fast channels. And so, I, no, I, I bought myself a new Samsung TV, so it's easy. It's Samsung Plus. You click a button, and so all the TVs are going to be upgraded to launch the fast channels. And when I say all, it's from Samsung to LG to Sony, every TV will be modernized. If you have a Samsung TV of 215, that one you don't have it, but and, and every partner is investing a lot of money. Samsung by itself will have 60 million connected TVs in the world. So they're gonna be three times the size of Comcast. And I think that people are more and more getting used to going on Samsung Plus, and I think they have a winning formula. So the growth is coming by a lot more connected TVs, a lot more investment by our partners, and for us launching with them, uh, with all these companies worldwide. And right now I can, some of our product, like Naturescape, is being chosen in every platform that's being launched. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, our goal is to hit, our, our goal is to hit 40 million hours of mentorship a month. Which would generate at twenty cents eight million a month. Yeah, and and for sure, for sure, we we are we are pushing, expecting that Stingray Music Audio, the forty audio channels, is part of that strategy. Uh, so. And what are you negotiating with um, with all the TV suppliers on the audio channels right now? Yeah, you know, for sure, we won't do it in Canada because Canada is a unique market for pay audio. But for the rest of the world, in Canada, we estimate that roughly, you know, we get uh, uh, roughly in Canada, we get 40 million hours of listenership per month on our audio products. That's people listening to TV or music on their TV. The numbers are huge. So uh, it's four hours per subscriber per month. So worldwide, if we could launch all the other channels with Samsung, you can do the numbers. You know, if, if, if Samsung would generate four hours per month per audio channel, it would be 240 million hours. So, but we, that's one of our big goals and KPIs, convince the big platform that they need those audio channels uh, as a TV product and people do listen to background music audio at home. So for us, the US market is virgin, LATAM is virgin, Europe, Asia. So there's no canonization uh, for this product. And you can clear the music rights globally? Yes. All, all linear products, uh, we can clear uh, music rights. On demand, we can't, but linear linear audio, yes. Right, yeah. And it, are you confident you'll have an announcement on the audio channels this year, this fiscal? Yeah, we, we've already launched with Zumo. Zumo is a platform that distributes LG and some other uh, TV operators. Zumo is owned by Comcast. So we've already launched with them. Our numbers are great. The goal is to convince the other platform, which is one of our number one KPIs, to show the results that we're having with the Zumo LG, 
uh, and to for them to take them also. So I think that will be a. I would be very disappointed if we can't convince the other uh, the other TV manufacturers of the advantage of audio products. Right. One, thank you. One one last one for me, just on um, on the tuck-ins, and and I think you mentioned you, you had four potential targets in in a due diligence phase. Are you able to to um, offer any insight on what verticals you're focusing on? Are are you trying to buy the traditional um, uh, uh, you know, audio channels that you have in the past? Is it more a music library or is it now something on Stingray business and, and you know, so, sales? So, good question. So one of the tuck ins is a B2C with a strong audio catalog. Another tuck in is, is will be a great addition to our fast channels. And we also have a huge catalog of uh, videos. Uh, so, we're investing a bit in content. Another one is one of our Canadian partners in Stingray Business that we've uh, been talking a long time. We have so, and then we have many, many acquisitions in the U.S. market for Stingray Business. So anywhere from 10 to 20 to 40,000 locations uh, for, help us grow quickly the U.S. market and to get more scale. So a lot of uh, lines in the water for the U.S. market. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the answers. Thanks, Tim, and so I'm happy you're, you're, you're not Kent Stacy. I'm happy you're Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. And again, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. And there are no further questions in queue at this time. I turn the call back to the presenters for any closing remarks. Okay. Hey, thank you very much for the analysts being, joining us. Um, for joining this conference call. We look forward to speaking for, with you again following the release of our first quarter results in early August. Have a great day, everyone, and uh, thank you for your time, uh, and thank you for all the, the team members of Stingray and for, for all our investors in having confidence in us. Merci tout le monde. And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.